Hello, this is Christine Peterson with A Toolkit for a Better Life. In this podcast, we will focus on how our bodies and our minds work and give you various tips and tricks, tools and techniques for understanding yourself, being happier in yourself and living a better life. Every week, we will discuss different topics that might interest you and help you think differently to change the way you approach life and yourself. We talk about the little things that make a big difference. Today I'm talking with Mason de Chauchot, my friend and colleague, who shares many of my interests in how our minds and bodies function and how small changes can make a big difference in how we live our lives. We will be talking about being present, being in flow, and how this is important to our happiness. So Mason, how are you today? I'm fine, and I love this subject. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to today. It's going to be really interesting. So I would like to start off by asking you a question, Mason. Is being present important and, and why? Well, look, the first thing that comes to mind is that it's, it's not merely important, it's paramount, because it's really all that is. Uh, the past mm. no longer exists. It's been committed to memory, uh, and it's static, and it's already happened. And the future has yet to take place and therefore only exists as a form of uh, speculation. Hmm. So we're left uh, with the present moment, which is, it's not just only the present moment, it is everything. If we don't attend to it, or if we let it slip away, we're compromising our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, What comes to mind is, you know, Alan Watts was so emphatic about the importance of the present that he went so far as to assert that happiness actually depends on it. Who is uh, Alan Watts? Alan Watts was um, a Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was uh, uh, a, a, a minister. Uh, he was a philosopher. He was a writer. And uh, he was extremely prominent in the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was really emphatic about, about the present. And he mm-hmm. asserted that uh, um, outside of the present, uh, Everything is abstract, and there are only superficial things, such as promises, hopes, and assurances. And those are domains of our overactive minds. Mm. If we supersede experience with our minds, uh, we fall prey to uh, what he really called ever self-calculating, self-evaluating. He considered it a seething cauldron of thoughts, predictions, (laughs) uh, anxieties, judgments, Uh, and incessant meta-experiences about experience itself. Mm. Um, Look, Christine, I know that as a consultant, you you obviously need to use your mind. Mm. It's a finely sharpened tool in order to plan and organize. But you've told me time and again that it's only when you fully inhabit the present that you're at your best. Yeah, you're right, Mason. Absolutely. Um, In fact, uh, when I'm giving a training course, Of course, I try and plan and prepare really well and thoroughly for the class. However, it's only when I'm able to go into flow, uh, when to stay in the present moment throughout the whole class that I feel that I can perform optimally. Um, When I do this, it feels like I'm totally in the present moment. 
I have no thoughts about what I'm going to say or how I'm going to say it. And it's really strange because the right words, the right images just somehow appear. And in fact, after the class, I can't remember what I said or how I said it. Um, of course, I have a general idea since I planned the themes I wanted to discuss, but I don't remember what I actually said. Actually, time disappears and it feels absolutely fantastic. In fact, uh, the psychologist Mihai Chizeg Mihai has studied flow extensively. And one of the things he talks about is that although we live longer today, and of course, we have more material wealth in general than ever, many people feel anxious rather than happy. And I think that goes back to what uh, you were saying about Alan Watts, that we, um, when we are not in the present, we are constantly thinking about calculating, evaluating, predicting, judging. Um, and I, I totally agree with that. Um, Mihai, in fact, offers an uh, an alternative when we're in flow. And he says that people, in fact, are happiest when they experience what he actually calls a flow state. And this is this sense of enjoyment, purpose, and meaning. Maybe you felt this too, when you've spent time talking with a good friend and suddenly realize that hours have passed without you noticing. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Chizik Mihai describes eight characteristics of this feeling of flow or the flow state, as he calls it. Um, one, the first one is complete concentration on the task that you're doing. The second one is you have clarity of goals and a reward in mind, and you get immediate feedback. So things are very, very clear about where you're going and how you're getting there. The third one he talks about is a feeling of time being transformed. Either it feels just like it's speeding up, like, for example, when we're talking with a good friend, or sometimes it just slows right down and we feel that we're in, in the present moment without time actually passing. The uh, fourth characteristic he talks about is that the experience of flow is intrinsically involve uh, rewarding and I'll talk about uh, intrinsic versus extrinsic uh, motivation in a moment and he also talks about things feeling effortless and easy it's like everything just comes together in the now and that's the feeling in fact I get when I'm training and things are running properly and I'm feeling in flow he says there is a balance between the challenge that you've you've got that you're experiencing and the skills that you've got. So you've got the right skills for the challenge you've put yourself. He also talks about actions and awareness being merged and you lose this self-conscious rumination, he calls it, this constant thinking and double thinking and, and anxiety that, that we, we go around. This chatter, the brain chatter that we have. And finally, he, he talks about this feeling of control over the task at hand. And I totally agree with all eight of his characteristics. That's exactly what I feel happens when I am in this present state of mind. Um, Chizik Mihai says, in fact, let's talk about this. I said that we were going to talk about the intrinsic and extrinsic 
uh, motivation. In fact, there are two basic motivation types, intrinsic and extrinsic. And Chizik Mihai says that most conscious actions that we do, we require to be motivated to do them. Of course, if we want to do something, we have to be motivated to do it. Now, intrinsic motivation is when you do something because you love doing it. And Chizik Mihai says that the highest intrinsic motivation you can get is this state of flow where we totally lose self-consciousness. We stop thinking up about ourselves. We surrender completely to the moment. And time means nothing. Time has no meaning at all. Uh, Mason, think of a competent musician playing without thinking or a surfer catching a great wave and, and riding it with great joy and pleasure. Mm. And, and that's actually a state that we can create for ourselves. And it's definitely a state that I try to create for myself as often as possible. That's when I'm feeling happiest in my life. Now, of course, it's only possible when we're totally in flow in the very present moment of time. Yeah, that's absolutely. Uh, and, and I think all of us have experienced flow, but some people are just mm. not really aware of it. They think back at it and think, mm. wow, what, where was I? What happened? How, how wonderful. Mm. It's, it's a wonderful state of synchronicity when we're carried by life and, and life circumstances by the current of what's happening. Mm. It's effortless, and I would say it's even quite miraculous. Mm. The mind is not struggling to create anything. We're not second-guessing life. Uh, life is happening, and we're flowing with it. Um, I'd, I'd like to distinguish between what happens when we attempt to predict and project ourselves into the future, as opposed to allowing ourselves to be inspired by the present and then acting spontaneously, which mm -hmm. is which is flow. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm I'm tempted now to yeah to talk about uh, Gurdjieff um, and share a Gurdjieff exercise, which I found uh, very revealing in this respect. Uh, George Gurdjieff, um, he was a Sufi. Uh, uh, and he came to Paris originally when he came to the West. Um, uh, he was a Russian philosopher and mystic. Uh, his, his teachings were, were uh, completely concerned uh, with, with being in the present. Uh, they called it self-remembering. And uh, I was a member of the Gurdjieff work for six years. And the exercises which were given were given weekly and very pragmatic. Um, in fact, at meetings, uh, we would meet once a week, and we were asked only to discuss and share uh, about the exercise. So uh, if we didn't digress from that. Uh, it was the exercise that we were practicing at the time and whatever that was evoking for us. And that kept us extremely focused. Now, the exercise I'm thinking of, uh, which is interesting because we, we were given an exercise sometimes every week. And this one, mm. um, whenever um, there was a fellow called Lord Pentland, who was managing uh, and directing the group at the time, uh, he wanted to change the exercise. And for weeks, we would say, no, 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 no let's keep with it. This is incredible. Um, and it's pretty simple. You, you sit in a chair in the morning and you imagine as thoroughly and as completely as possible uh, what it's going to be like to get up and walk to the nearest door and start to open it. Now, that seems pretty simple, right? Uh, but when I say imagine, uh, it's not only physical, it's, uh, and even the physicality is, is, can be very complex. What muscles are involved, uh, uh, how you're going to begin to walk, uh, uh, what your breathing is going to be like, but also emotionally, how you're going to feel. Uh, and then, you know, what are you going to see? Uh, and what you discover when you try this exercise is that the complexity is endless. Um, uh, in fact, <laughs> 
Uh, when you think you've nailed it, uh, uh, you're, you're told in the exercise, when you think you've got it down, you've nailed it, then you actually get up and, and do it and you compare the two experiences. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's pretty maddening because it's a bit like Zeno's paradox. Zeno said, uh, you can never go from point A to point B because in order to do that, you first have to go half the distance. And in, according, and in order to go half the distance, you have to go half that distance. And half of that, and half of that, and finally you can't move, of course. <laughs> so it is, it is somewhat paradoxical. So, and you really have to experience this to discover how amazing it really is. Um, and the, the, the gap for everyone became greater uh, the more they did it, which is, which is also uh, almost incredible and unimaginable. And I remember in this group um, in particular, there were two observations which came up, which were diametrically opposed. And so I found them particularly interesting. They're two extremes. Um, and I was, I was a member of this group when I was in my 20s. And there was a young woman who was also, I guess, in her 20s who'd been nervous about everything. Uh, will my boyfriend stay with me? Uh, will I be able to keep my job? And if I do, will I get a raise? And so on and so forth. Where am I going to go on vacation? And um, we were doing this exercise for a few weeks. And one day, um, she shared with us one afternoon, talking about the exercise, if I can't even figure out what it's going to be like to get out of my chair, and walk a few yards to the door. Why should I be worried about anything? Why should I be speculating about anything? Why should I be worried about my future? And she basically calmed down after that. It's quite extraordinary. Mm. And the other extreme was a wonderful guy, a Scottish physicist, a brilliant guy, probably in his 40s at the time, who explained, exclaimed to us, you know, um, uh, for the past, past few years, I've been very blasé. I've been everywhere. I've done everything. I often get bored. And now I discovered that between my chair and the door, there's an entire universe. I never knew existed. So it, it, was just, it was just wonderful. That was, that was truly a great exercise. That is really a great exercise. Now, Mason, and it seems so simple and yet so complex. So what would you say, Mason, is our takeaway from all of this discussion? Well, we've been talking about the present. And so I, I, I think that the first takeaway, which is the principal one, is that uh, life only happens in the present uh, and that one cannot predict it or formulate it. Uh, you can only live, observe it and enjoy it and inhabit the present uh, to the fullest. Hmm. I agree. I think, in fact, that there's no better way to live life to the full than actually to enter into flow. Because, of course, when that happens, we stop this mind chatter. We stop all the future projections and thoughts and, and problems and thinking, rumination um, that we can do. And we start living life to the full uh, and getting the best out of our life and out of living. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Mason, um, thank you very much for the conversation today. This was really interesting. This, of course, uh, is, is the first of uh, several parts um, of several episodes on the same topic where we're going to look at different aspects of, of being in the present. Yes. So I'm looking very much forward to talking with you again about these topics uh, and the importance of being present. So thank you very much, Mason, for today and have a lovely time until we talk again. Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.
Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. You've been listening to A Toolkit for a Better Life, produced by Christine Peterson. For more information and details on how to contact us, please see the podcast description.